Welcome to Happy Brain, special episode, an experience. I want you to picture you're on a farm. And on this farm, there was Lawrence Fox, who found a passion, a need for himself, and then a vision to help others, adults, children, veterans, all sorts of folks. How? With cow cuddling. And that can make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into those fun hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. If you could take us through what it's like for somebody to go through a cow cuddling experience. Well, I guess it's it, it happens in the morning. So the, the situation with the cows is they are grazing animals, so they're eating around the clock. But there are a couple of times where they, they tend to get quite well fed and they rest and digest. So they go into that, that kind of relaxation phase. And that's early in the morning, just after sun, sunrise, I should say, and then just after sunset in the evenings. Because on the farm, we have limited lighting infrastructure. Our cuddling session with us will always happen in the morning. So it'll be at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., or 9 a.m. Uh, people start their day with it. They, they'll head out to the farm. Often they'll come, they'll drive half an hour, 40 minutes or more to get to the farm and they'll arrive and get an introduction to our cows, where they're from, what their background is, run through a safety briefing, uh, which is fairly straightforward. It's that they are half ton puppy dogs. So just be aware of where their hooves are mainly. Other than that, they'll, they'll be very sweet and, and calm and still. And then we just tend to go around and introduce people to them one by one. The, the, probably the main point around the cow cuddling as a, a therapeutic service is it, it's a two-way transaction. The cows really love it. And we know that cows enjoy being scratched, getting a pat. They really love it, but how much they love it is going to impact how much people benefit from the activity because look, it's, I suppose I should start by saying when you're around a large animal, like a cow or a horse, so equine therapy is the exact same scientific principle in terms of the physiology. When we get around animals like that with a large heart and a slow heart rate and a warm body temperature, we uh, experience a slowing of our own heart rate and, and release of oxytocin. So that, that's a long established scientific principle that when we get around large animals like that, that we, we become relaxed and there is very clear, I guess, hormonal response from us, neurochemical response from us as humans. But there is an added, well, there are a couple of added features to, to the therapy. First of all, that farm's beautiful. So being out on a farm in an open space first thing in the morning is very relaxing and calming. Another one is there are several cows that we have. We've got even our original few. We have Amy, Ella, Holly, Nushi, Sally, Sophia, Milkshake, and her calf baby Chino. And when people come out, they are sort of looking to build relationships with the individual cows. So they might come up to Amy, hang out with her for a bit. And some people may or may not feel a really strong connection with her. And if they don't, they might move on to another cow. So the cows in terms of them expressing their appreciation for, for the contact that they're getting is a big part of why people enjoy it so much. So we'll often have people pick a favorite and end up kind of laying in the grass and having their favorite cow lay all over them and 
it's that two-way bond. Feeling needed and feeling loved is, is often something that people are missing and that they really get from the experience. So there is this automatic response we get physiologically, but there is also this kind of earned satisfaction we get from building a relationship with an animal and, and having that animal or person express love and show that they, that they are enjoying their, their time with us. Can you tell us a little so, about Sally? I, I, I don't know. I had an affinity towards her. Yeah. Yeah. People tend to have a, I don't know if favorite's the right word, but we, we do kind of hone in on, on a particular guest. So Sally is, yeah, Sally's cool. Sally's never, she hasn't had any calves ever. So she's not interested in any of the bulls that used to be put in with them when they were used for breeding, when they were, I guess, cattle, beef cattle. She's pretty independent. She tends to be, she's a bit of a boss. So she's one of the larger dogs. She'd be 500 kilograms, half a ton. Sally's, Sally's unique in that Sally is kind of the, she's a sister and an auntie first and foremost. So she's not interested in any of the males. She's never been a mother herself, but she plays a role of parenting any of the other cows, cars, and just protecting all of the cows in general. Is she like um, a favorite? Is she like a favorite aunt? <laughs> she is. She is absolutely. And Sally's really solid. Sally is in terms of how you cuddle with cows. It's different with all of them. Sally sits down and does not move for a whole session. So Sally is where you have entire families with the, the parents and children, for example, all kind of sitting on her while she later, which has no impact on her. It's quite comfortable for her and she won't move at all. Whereas maybe someone like Amy, Amy will tend to follow people around and is very needy because Amy hates cows. She doesn't want to be around any other cows at all, but she likes people. So she'll tend to just follow the people around. And Ella, who is another large dominant cow, another half ton, big mama, she also will be quite dominant, but she'll tend to change positions and show you what she wants. She's happy to, to express her wants and needs quite clearly. Whereas Sally's just chill. Sally's quite so content. If I walked up to, if I was with Sally, do you like put your, your face on set? Like, do you put like rest her face on her? Do you, I mean, do you just grab her, hug her, lay on her? What's. Can you do yeah, that? yeah. So you, you can just walk up and, and hug her, but there is a, it's a bit of a transaction that happens there. So the cows, are, they know that people are quite lovely and good to them. So they'll tend to come up to a person, but they want, they want something they want for something. They want to scratch. They want to be pampered a bit. So you probably need to, to get in and give them a good scratch and actually sort of spend time with them and build a relationship with the cow for at least five minutes before they might just let you lay on them or, or hug them. Effectively at the start, they'll be trying to show you what they want. They'll put their head up for a scratch on the neck, head down for a scratch on the top of the neck. They can even lay down, roll over for like a belly scratch. So, but once they've been pampered for a little bit, they tend to go into that rest and digest mode even more deeply and are effectively half asleep. And that's when people tend to just be hugging them and laying all over them when the cows are are pretty much they've experienced their enjoyment to the point where they're barely conscious. Now I'm curious, like cows, like what made you think that cows would be good cuddlers? Like, how did that even come to you? It's look, it was just the way it was that, as I said, they were my friend's pet cows and they would of an evening as we'd be around there having dinner and the sun would go down, we'd go out into the paddock and, and they would start to lay down and relax and you could get in the paddock and lay down with them. And, and in the early stages, it was quite scary and I would do it reluctantly. It was very enjoyable, but it wasn't the, the process right now, years later is quite refined out on the farm. But in those days, it was for lack of a better word, it was a bit of a cowboy move to just jump in the paddock and lay down with them. And 
over time I realized that it wasn't at all. They were actually quite used to it. They didn't mind at all and they enjoyed it because they got a bit of contact. It wasn't really something that I was thinking about in detail. It was just being locked down during the 2020 original lockdown period. I was locked down on the farm. I, I was staying with my friends. We'd actually moved overseas and and so having to come back at the start of 2020 with everything locking down before we could, we'd rented our home out. So before we could get people out of that home, everything had kind of locked down. So I was staying on the farm as a guest and would wake up in the morning and before I would start work, which is all remote on the farm. So completely isolated from friends or family, I would go down and spend time with the cows, come back, do work, lunchtime, go spend time with the cows, come back do the afternoon work, go down and spend time with the cows. And after a, a short amount of time, I realized because it was the only thing that was keeping my mental health in check because it was a very dark time for me at the moment, at that time being isolated on a farm without any, any friends or family around me. The, the friend that I had stayed with worked away. So it would sort of fly in and out. So I was genuinely on a farm without anyone for kilometers, for miles around me, just isolated. And it was a really dark time and I eventually realized I need to stop doing this so that I can do my work, you know, to be able to get me through. I need to start doing this as work. And around that time, my friends announced that they were going to kill one of the cows for, for beef, which is pretty normal on a, on a beef farm, even a hobby farm, which is the, the scale that they were at. But I didn't even realize, I thought they were pets still at that point. So when they were breeding cows, in my ignorance, I thought, great, more adorable pets that I get cuddled when I come around. But they were proactively breeding them at that point. So it wasn't so much that I decided that I wanted to do it. It was, I heard that the cows were at risk of being killed. I purchased them because I knew that they were, they weren't, that wasn't what they were built for. You know, they, they may be beef cattle in terms of their breeding and their background, but their upbringing, that hand-raised lifestyle that they were kind of brought up through, was much more conducive to, to something a little bit more unique. So I purchased them and then had to work out what to do with them. So I got online research and found out that in the Netherlands for well over a decade, cow cuddling was a well-established therapeutic service that farmers have been doing. And throughout North America, throughout the US uh, and throughout North America in general, there were several operations of cow cuddling in various forms. So it wasn't too difficult for me. I, I wasn't having to reinvent the wheel. I saved my friends in terms of purchase the herd so that they wouldn't be harmed. And the model was there. It was just a matter of seeing that if the Australian market or if the local market here in, in far North Queensland would, would take, which well, fortunately it had. Well, sounds like, and that's great. Kind of getting back to your, your mental health component of it, obviously that sounded like a big driver for you in terms of improving your mental health, have the people that come to the farm are a lot of them coming because they have different mental health issues or or things like related to that for therapy? Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. In, in Australia, we have a really uh, solid government scheme associated with disabilities. So we have what's called an NDIS, a National Disability Insurance Scheme, which means that a lot of government services that could be used for helping people with living with intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities are paid for by the government. And cow therapy technically is, is covered under that scheme. And that being said, I've had no, what we call NDIS funded sessions at all, because they are, they're planned a year in advance. There's, there's a little bit of complexity with that. So most people who come along, it's a tourist activity. 
Much like coming to this area, people will go out to the Great Barrier Reef just as tourists and pay for themselves out of their own pocket. 100% of people who've come along to Cow Cuddling Co have paid out of their own pocket as a, I guess, as a tourism activity, as a bit of a, a bit of fun, a recreational activity rather than a, a therapeutic service or a medical service. But a, a lot of what I've seen are parents bring out their very young children with autism spectrum disorder, ASD. So you might conditions we would traditionally know like Asperger's or autism within that a spectrum of, of conditions, they will come along and pay out of their own pocket just to see how they go. And it's probably the most pronounced immediate impact I've seen with cow therapy as a therapeutic service. Cause these young kids that could be three, four, five, 10 years old, they come out and they don't want to make eye contact with me or, or speak to me when they arrive. And we go through all the history of the cows and where they come from and their personalities and things. And by the time the children have been in with the cows for five or 10 minutes, they're suddenly engaging with me directly and kind of telling me about the cows and why Sally is doing this and, and that Sophie is thinking this right now. And it's pretty amazing to see those children go from no social engagement whatsoever to, to being quite hyper-social. Mm. And that is the, that's the prime medical use case for cow therapy in Australia under the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And there you have it, part one of our discussion and our experience with Lawrence Fox. If you enjoyed this, listen to part two, not required, but if you enjoyed it, please do. And we'll have a fresh new episode of Happy Brain next week with a special guest. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.